You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Van. Zandon and Corey Janoff. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors, everyone. This is Rochelle Vanderzanden here with Corey Janoff. Hello. Uh, and as pertinent topics go, we're coming up on summer now and springtime. Lots of people are approaching the change of the academic year, maybe getting started in residency, moving between residency and fellowship, starting their attending job. There's lots of big life changes happening at this point in time. Um, and we have a lot of people moving from place to place when that happens too, moving to a new city, maybe moving back to a city you've lived in before even. and. A lot of times for people that brings up the prospect of potentially buying a home and the housing market is particularly crazy right now. So we just wanted to, to spend some time talking about what are the pros and cons of buying a home? What are, what are the pros and cons of renting and what are the kind of ideal scenarios for both? So maybe this will help you decide what makes the most sense for you. I hope it does. But if you do have any follow up questions or anything like that and want to just kind of dive into your own plan and, and figure out what's best for you, we're happy to connect to you. So just talking about, first of all, buying a house, like what are the pros and cons there? And I think Corey and I have both been through this a couple of times, so we have a, a little bit of experience with it personally. But Corey, what do you think? What are the pros of buying a house? Yeah, I think looking at it in terms of just your overall financial circumstances, long-term wealth accumulation, um, you know, whether we should buy or whether we should rent. So I, I think the advantages of owning a home, you know, I think Rochelle and I are both big believers that long-term, it's a good tool for accumulating wealth. You know, historically, no guarantees, but historically, real estate prices have tended in most markets to rise to the tune of inflation on average. You know, right now it's kind of crazy in, in a lot of markets, but, um, but you know, historically it averages out. And, uh, you know, your mortgage payment, if you have a fixed interest rate loan, will stay fixed. So your housing costs stays relatively fixed. You know, property taxes might go up uh, over time, but, uh, you know, you have something, an asset that's generally increasing slowly but surely in value with a payment that's relatively fixed in value. And it's kind of like a forced savings vehicle. You pay off that debt, you own this house outright, and it's worth something. You know, and that and that has some advantages. You can sell it for value. You can borrow against it. Um, you know, you can use the equity in your home as the down payment on your next house. So, you know, maybe you, you enter practice and you buy a, a five hundred thousand dollar home, and, and you know, let's pretend you put twenty percent down. So you put a hundred thousand dollars down. You own a, a four hundred thousand, or you have a five hundred thousand dollar home with a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Maybe you stay there for five to ten years, and then five to ten years from now, it's worth um, six hundred thousand or six hundred fifty thousand, and your loan is is paid down to three hundred fifty thousand. Now you have this 
you know, two or three hundred thousand dollar built-in equity that can go to your down payment on the next place. So maybe you're further on in your career, making more money, and and you can afford to buy the million-dollar house with a twenty percent down payment, and uh, and we didn't have to like save up extra money in our bank account to come up with that. So a lot of advantages to to, to um, owning a home, and I think just the more psychological and emotional one is it's part of the American dream. You know, people want to be homeowners. You feel more accomplished, uh, more of an adult once you own your home. And, you know, the housing is, is generally more stable for you in that situation. You don't have to worry about landlords or changing owners getting evicted. Um, you, know, you can make changes to your home without getting someone else's permission. You want to change some fixtures around, update the paint color, you know, put an extension on the back deck what you know it's your house you can do what you want with it so uh, I think there's definitely some some emotional power to that component but can you think of any other uh, advantages of owning a home Rochelle I think that's huge I think it also is a big advantage when you get into markets like this where housing is kind of scarce and rent and mortgages are both high and if you're just settled in a place and you don't have to go anywhere like obviously there's there's a certain amount of security there and I mean that ebbs and flows like sometimes it's fairly easy to find housing and we don't have to worry about that that much but just you know having something that's a little bit more stable can obviously be really beneficial if you're if you're in a place and you plan to be there for a while but I think that kind of brings us to the cons a little bit because that's not all those, always the situation. Like we're not always planning to, to stick around in one place for a long time. And for folks that are moving between like residency and fellowship and an attending job, like that can often be the case. And when we think about buying a house or renting, a lot of times you think about rent as like throwing money down the drain or something like that. And if you buy a house, like we're building equity, but that's not immediate. It doesn't happen fast. And that's partially because there are a lot of costs that are associated with buying a house and selling a house that people don't necessarily think about. So when you buy a house, you know, you have like appraiser fees and inspections, and sometimes the seller will cover that kind of stuff, but oftentimes they won't. You also have, you know, property taxes. A lot of times you have to pay up front, um, Sometimes there's like transfer taxes and repairs, things like that. But when you sell a house on the other end, sometimes it's even more expensive. Like most of the time at that point, that's when you have to pay like a real estate commission. So that $650,000 house, you probably have to pay 6% of the sale price to the person that helps you sell it, which immediately reduces how much equity you have in that home. So it's not a cut and dry thing. Like we have to think about the money that we actually have to put in here and just in general, like that home ownership itself is going to be kind of expensive too because your utilities will probably be a little bit more. Your maintenance, like when you're renting, maintenance is kind of non-existent. If you break a piece of furniture, sure, you have to replace it. But if carpet needs to be replaced or if a furnace needs to be replaced or a water heater, that's not on you as a renter. You call your landlord, they figure it out. But... You know, any problems that you have in your own home, they're your problems. And I'll give you just one example real quick. I'm sure Corey and I both have a few horror stories because when you own a home, it just happens. But we bought our current house and eight days later, we had a pipe break. And there was no one that we could call about that. It wasn't like we could call the, the prior 
seller, like they had no idea that a pipe was going to break in eight days. It wasn't their fault. It was just poor timing. So immediately within basically a week of owning the home, you know, we had to pump some money into some repairs and figure that out. And also, you know, it was at the point where we didn't even know where the water shutoff was and there was a lot of scrambling around and panic and things like that. But, you know, those kinds of things, like those are stressors that come with home ownership. It doesn't mean that it's not you know, worth it, but definitely something to consider. It's also, you know, real estate in general is very similar, in some ways is similar to the stock market where it can be volatile. We don't know exactly what's going to happen from year to year. Like as Corey was mentioning, each year we might expect to, to go up by about as much as inflation, but from year to year that can look very different. You can have big hold pullbacks in the housing market too. And it's possible, especially if you put down a small down payment that you end up underwater on a house, like basically owing more on the mortgage than you can sell your home for. And that's a situation where, you know, you could actually end up having to pay something out of pocket to sell your home and to leave that place. And that can, that can be pretty detrimental and especially if you're in a situation where you're moving from one city to another as you finish training or something like that. Um, so the more time you have, the better chance you have of being able to like be in a good position. So I think time is a, a really big component here. Yeah. For sure. Add? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think of numerous people I've talked to over the years who, you know, they, when the housing market was, uh, going gangbusters in the early 2000s and people were like, oh, let me just buy a house at the start of residency and then it's going to double in value by the time I finish residency and I'll sell it and make a killing, pay off my student loans and life will be good. But uh, but it didn't necessarily work out that way. Like I've talked to numerous people who, who maybe bought a house in 2006 and in some cases they're still hanging on to that house as a rental because they still can't sell it for what they bought it for and maybe they're breaking even on the rent but it's uh it, it definitely it didn't quite uh, appreciate to the tune that they thought it was when when real estate was was uh was really going nuts back in the the mid 2000s so there's no guarantees it, it will go up you know right now you look at we're kind of in a unique time um you know, there, there's a limited supply driving prices up. Construction costs are high. I think like the cost of lumber has increased several hundred percent over the last year. Interest rates are historically at an all-time low, which means people can buy more house. Um, you know, for what you can afford, uh, you know, at a three percent interest rate, you can afford a lot more house than you could at a four percent or five percent interest rate. So, if interest rates rise, that's going to put downward pressure on housing prices because less people can afford the more expensive houses that way. So. Like Rochelle said, time uh, is your biggest friend when it comes to home ownership. You know, over a long period of time, we should see real estate prices rise. Again, no guarantees, but in the short term, it's a wild card. And just given all of those transaction costs um, of of purchasing and selling a property in just you know a normal environment, it's about a five year break even point. Just to like recoup the costs so you know we're generally fans of if you're going to own a home you plan on owning it for at least five years so if you're looking at buying a place during residency or during fellowship um yeah i would proceed cautiously if you're only going to be there for several years absolutely i think one thing to point out is that 
like the 2000s and the the housing drop in the late 2000s was fairly unusual. Like we don't necessarily expect that to happen again. It doesn't mean it couldn't happen again, but that was that was really unusual. So when we talk about like pullbacks in the housing market or in in prices and things like that, I, I don't think it would be that dramatic. It doesn't mean that it wouldn't affect you. Like it could still affect you even if it's not that dramatic. But I think one thing that gets undersold is kind of the pros of renting. Like renting, it, it feels like throwing money away, but we've already covered the fact that buying a house could also be throwing money away. <laughs> like we don't, it's not a guarantee that it's not. So let's real quick. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, but no, going go. back to the to the throwing money away with owning a house, like, like you're spot on. I hear it every week. Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw money away on rent. I'd rather buy a house where I'm building equity. But in the early stages of owning a home, you literally are throwing money away. You, the, the fees to purchase, that transaction costs, the interest that you pay on the mortgage, that's just throwing money away. You're not building equity with that. Property taxes, you're not getting that money back. You're throwing that money away. All of those maintenance and repair costs, money down the toilet. So like the only equity that you're building is when you pay down the principal of the mortgage, but in the early years of ownership, like you're hardly putting a dent in that principal. Most of the mortgage payment is going to mortgage interest. So you really aren't making a lot of headway in those early years. It gradually speeds up as time goes on, but it's like, you know, picture yourself trying to tow a train. You got a rope attached to your waist and you're pulling it. You're not going to make much progress, but slowly but surely it'll eventually start to move and then pick up speed and the momentum then is your friend, but it's going to take a while to get to that point. So yeah, owning a home is throwing money away in the short term. It's long term where you, where your mortgage eventually gets paid down and the housing prices eventually appreciate that you really start to re reap the benefits of that, uh, quote unquote investment. If you even want to consider it that. Right. And it's honestly, it's so much more money than you would be throwing away on rent in the, in like the very short term. Like, you know, first last months in a deposit, maybe on a rental and, you know, everything that you're paying to get into a home is probably going to be quite a bit more than that. But back to like the pros of, of renting, I think the thing that gets probably undersold the most is that when you are renting, you have so much flexibility. It is not like maybe you sign a lease for a year or something like that, but compared to a home, it's just not much of a commitment. You can move out when the lease is up, maybe even sooner. Like in some cases, you can break a lease without a ton of penalties um, and you can choose to renew the lease and stay there very likely unless, you know, your your landlord decides to, to sell the place or something like that. It's also much easier to rent than it is to qualify for a mortgage. So if you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of cash or where your credit score is poor or something like that, it doesn't necessarily make sense to like force the issue and buy a home if it if it just doesn't look great on paper, like you're probably going to get charged more on the interest rate and things like that. So I think a lot of times renting can be a very good solution, especially in the short term, like for a year after you land in your attending job, while you're in training, if you're planning on like moving to another location in three years, something like that. Um, There's also no transaction costs. Like you're not paying property taxes. You're not paying a real estate agent normally. Like once in a while you have to deal with brokers when you're renting in some pretty competitive markets, but that's fairly rare. Um, 
And then, you know, obviously, I think the thing that holds people back a lot of times is that they don't want to move multiple times. And like, I get that. Like, I hate moving probably more than most people. But it gives you so much flexibility that I think a lot of times it's worth it to just, you know, focus on renting in the short term and and doing that home purchase when you know you can make more of a commitment long term. There's also a lot of ease when it comes to renting. Like we don't, like they might run like a credit check, a background report, something like that, but you don't have like a stack of paper like 12 inches thick to go through to get a rental. There's not like a million people involved. There's just like you and a landlord generally. It's, it's a fairly simple transaction. Um, and it's really interesting in some cities, it can actually be less expensive to rent than it is to buy. Like there's a lot of places and you can find calculators online that compare renting to buying in specific areas. And they will tell you like, if you can rent for this dollar amount, like you're probably better off renting because like just purchasing housing can be so costly in some areas. I think like the Bay Area is a really good example. Housing prices are just so inflated there that you can find a lot of rentals that are much more reasonably priced than you would be able to do with, with a mortgage. And, I've got someone yeah. who's looking to relocate to the Bay Area, and like any doctors who are there know that uh, you know a half decent home that'll check you know most of the boxes that you want. You're, you're looking at upwards of two million dollars in a lot of cases, um, and the monthly costs for that mortgage, taxes, insurance, the whole nine yards. You're probably looking at like ten thousand a month for for that type of property. Well, you might be able to rent that. A similar home for six or seven thousand per month. Mm-hmm. You know, still expensive, but if those if that's the home that you want, and you're looking at it. All right, we could either spend ten thousand to own it per month. You know, forget the down payment and all the upfront costs, or we could just rent for three or four thousand a month less. Invest the difference. You know, put it towards our student loans, uh, saving for retirement, whatever. Long term, you might actually come out ahead renting. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So. Something to think about. I think my favorite thing is that, you know, if something happens in your rental, you get to call up your landlord and say, hey, my heat's not working or hey, like my oven stopped working, all of that kind of stuff. And I know that itself can be a pain sometimes because not every landlord is as responsive or like takes care of the stuff that the way that they need to. But it it still doesn't change the facts that like you're not out of pocket for that stuff generally. Um, It's not your responsibility. So that's that's a big flexibility issue too I think yeah so I mean I don't think that hands down renting always like I feel like we we sound like we're like you should rent not buy but obviously like we're both homeowners so there's there's pros and cons for everything and renting itself has a a lot of or you know a handful of cons too Corey you want to list them off (laughs) yeah I think most people are probably aware aware of the downsides of renting. You know, there's no wealth accumulation. So you're throwing money down the toilet and and you're you're never getting any of it back as a renter. So you're not going to build up an asset that you ultimately own one day. Um, You can't then, of course, borrow against your rental. You can't sell it. Uh, None of that good stuff that homeowners have the advantage of doing. Rent prices most likely are going to increase over time. 
probably to the tune of inflation. And in, in some cities, it's been more rapid than others. Um, so you can expect your housing costs to continually be rising as a renter. Whereas again, as a homeowner, it's it's going to be a little more stable if you have a fixed rate mortgage. Yeah, property taxes will go up. Yeah, maintenance costs and utilities will go up over time. But that's all going to get baked into a rental as well. So your rental prices are definitely going up over time with the market and with inflation and just less stable housing. You know, you don't know where you're going to be long term. You could get kicked out. The ownership changes hands. They don't want to rent it anymore. They want to sell it, change it into an ownership scenario. Um, the landlords can be uh, not the best, you know, not the most mm-hmm. responsive. When that heater breaks, it might take them a week to, to get around to it. You're just not high on their priority list, which, you know, that's on them. Then you might want to go find a new place to rent. but you're more dependent on other people to to get things done and to make it a good experience for you. And then, you know, kind of like the emotional and psychological impact of owning a home, the same is true for renting. There's that sentiment of, of, of judgment. You feel judged as a renter when you're in your 30s or 40s or whatever age you are, you know, know, when you have a family, it's like, oh, I should be a homeowner. I have a spouse and kids. Like that's what Americans are supposed to do when they're adults and have a family is own a home. But so you might feel pressure from family or friends who are uh, encouraging you or urging you to buy a place, um, even if you're not quite ready or in a financial position to do it. So there is that peer pressure, that element of, of judgment, that emotional component to, to being a renter, which, you know, you could just say, ah, ignore them. You know, you do you. Don't worry about what other people say. But easier said than done. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're humans. We have emotions. We That stuff gets to us. So. Yep, absolutely. I think... I think it's so fun when I work with clients who are like perpetual bachelors and perpetual renters and they're just like, this is my life. And they just like do, do them. Like, I love that. (laughs) But jealous. I know. right? (laughs) But there are times when it's very appropriate to buy a home. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to, but there are times when it could be a good move for you. And just as some general guidelines, I will say every situation is different. Um, But general guidelines, I think if you plan to stay put for at least five years or so and you can afford like the down payment and the ongoing cost of ownership, which is something that you should pencil out, like, you know, pencil in the HOAs, pencil in the maintenance costs and all of that kind of thing. If that's something that you feel like you can afford and still meet your other goals, And that means like college savings, retirement savings, all of those things. If you can do all of that together, I think doing like purchasing a home can be a great step towards, you know, building your empire. Um, And it is like, I think sometimes people go to a mortgage lender and, and they get approved for a certain dollar amount and they're like, oh, that's that's how much I can spend. And I would just keep in mind that like the bank that's giving you a mortgage doesn't care what your other goals are. They care if you can make your mortgage payment and they care if you're gonna like default on your loan, but they do not care if you're saving for retirement. They don't care if you're paying for college for your kids or any of that kind of thing. So that's on you to kind of figure out like what makes sense within my budget and and give that some good thought before you make a big commitment because this is not something that you can just extract yourself from easily if you find out, you know, it's more expensive than you expected or something like that. 
And it's a sliding scale. Like, you know, if we figure out, okay, we can afford to spend 3000 a month on housing. Well, you know, if the homes you can buy or the mortgage and, and taxes and the whole nine yards are under 3000 you know, maybe they're not the ideal homes that you've been searching for. Well, that doesn't mean you can't buy period. It just either means we need to settle for a little bit less initially. Um, or yeah, maybe, you know, go back to the drawing board. Maybe we look at, all right, what goals are, are important to us? What maybe aren't as important? Are we willing to, rather than try to retire by 55, are we okay with working to 65 if it means we can afford this house that we want to buy, um, you know, and, and have that serious conversation and uh, it's going to be different for everyone no right or wrong answer and that's where Rochelle and I can come in handy you know when we work with our clients we go through those those conversations and uh, can be that independent objective sounding board but um, but yeah I think super important you, you pencil out the total costs not just look at what's the mortgage payment because there are a lot of other costs with home ownership and definitely factor in that buffer for when the pipes break and the water heater needs to be replaced and the roof and the siding and the air conditioner and the flooring and the <laughs> list goes on and on and on and on. It seems like there's always something coming up that needs to get fixed, repaired, replaced with a house. So definitely. And there's also things that sometimes you want to do. You know, like we're talking about all these things that we're obligated to do. But in reality, if you're getting into a home and you're like, oh, it's good enough for now. But you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I'd really like to replace the flooring. And, you know, like there's all these things that you want to do in the home. You should keep that in mind too because chances are if you're living there that's going to become a higher priority pretty quickly new backsplash new carpet change the light fixtures you're sick of staring at the same paint color over and over and over again so yeah mm -hmm. that uh you'll want to do some some more want to do projects in addition to the need to do projects as mm -hmm. well Yep. And there's also sometimes when it's very appropriate to rent. So I think the biggest thing is if you're not sure where you're going to be living in two or three, four years, like that's that's a good time to be renting. Period. <laughs> it's basically anyone on the line who's in med school or residency or fellowship, unless you have a compelling argument for why you're going to be in a, like a seven year residency in the same city, mm -hmm. then uh, yeah, probably smart to rent um, in, in most scenarios. But, uh, and, as, and as you're a new attending too, like I can't stress um, the, the benefit of maybe just renting for the first six months or, or year of, of your attending life. I would guess that about half of all doctors change jobs within their first several years of starting in practice, and that often requires a move to a new location. Uh, maybe not an entirely new city, but maybe you're, you're going to go to a new location across town that your current residence isn't located as conveniently for, and you'll want to move to another uh, neighborhood that's closer to work. So uh, I would really, really uh, encourage you guys, if you are moving to a new job in a new city or new location, let's make sure we like the job, we like the people we're working with, we like the area, the schools, etc., and, and find the neighborhood that we want to be in long term if it works out for us, then we can buy. So that renting can really save you a lot of money in the long run, even though it feels like you're throwing money away. Um, initially, like I, I've had numerous clients where they move to a new place, buy a house, they don't like the job, and a year later they're trying to sell the house and, and moved somewhere else. And it's frustrating, it's costly. Um, 
so yeah definitely the if if the future is is uncertain unless you're you're highly 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 confident you know no one can predict entirely what's going to happen down the road but unless you're pretty confident you're going to be staying put for at least a handful of years uh um renting is a good idea you know if uh if, if it's uncertain and if you can't afford it like, let's not do it. <laughs> I think that's a hard one for people to hear because with physician loans and things like that, you can often get into a home with very little and sometimes no money down. Um, and sometimes that makes sense. But I would say, you know, if we can't afford to put a little bit of down on a house, like we probably also can't afford to furnish it the way that we want to. And, you know, there might be some other things that, that aren't necessarily happening. So I do encourage people to to get a little bit more stable with their finances before they make that big of a, a commitment. You know, if we're having to buy 10,000 or borrow $10,000 from mom and dad to get into the house, like that's not a good sign that we're ready. You know, like there's there's just some other things that maybe we should take care of first. And it doesn't mean that it can't work out. Again, like every situation is a little bit different. But I would caution people to, to be careful and make sure that they're they're not overextending themselves and making life more difficult for themselves than it really needs to be. Yeah, moving is stressful. Mm-hmm. Moving and trying to sell a home is even more stressful. Mm-hmm. And I think just, we, we mentioned it earlier, but um, just the math equation, if the cost to rent is less than the cost to own, it might be worth considering. Like I, I know a guy in uh, Austin, Texas, who's like, I know everyone says you should own a home, but literally I'm renting a home for 3,000 a month. If I wanted to own this same home, it would cost about 5,000 a month with mortgage and everything. Like I just want to save and invest all as much as I can, and this is enabling me to do that. So I, I'm content renting forever. I don't have any aspirations to be a homeowner. So get on you. If that's what, if that's uh, how you feel great. Like there's no, don't feel bad about renting. It's to, there's nothing wrong with it. If it makes sense for you and your circumstances, it's totally fine. Long term, Yeah. I think, you know, you're probably going to be better off owning if, if your housing circumstances are stable and you're going to be staying put for a long period of time, then yeah, owning is probably a good tool to, to help accumulate wealth over time, but we want to do it smartly. We don't want to overextend ourselves and buy more house than we can truly afford, you know, keep our, our housing uh, costs within reason so we can still afford to put money towards our other financial goals. I think we've mentioned it before, but you know, good idea to not try and finance much more than about two times your income, maybe two and a half times with interest rates as low as they are. Maybe if you don't have any student loans, you could stretch it up to three times your income with a 3% 30-year interest rate loan. Crazy how low it is right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, but for some people, that, that seems a little restrictive. The bank's approving you for four or five times your income, but we're telling you two, maybe a little more than two times your income. Um, but we, we've worked with enough people and done the math enough times if you want to still be able to afford to pay down your student loans. and save for retirement, go on vacations, go out to dinner, um, you know, send kids to college, all the things that a lot of people want to do. Our housing is going to be most likely our biggest expense in life. And the less we can spend on housing, the more flexibility we'll have for all the other things that are important to us. Now, that doesn't mean we need to live in the cheapest home we can find, you know, far from that, but just let's not, let's make sure we're not becoming house poor to where all of our money is going into our housing and we don't have any money left over for anything else because that's just going to create lifelong stress for you. 
Absolutely. You do want to make sure that you just get into a home that's enough to like keep you happy for a while because sometimes you do see people that, you know, they buy that three bedroom starter home and they think that's going to be fine. And then they, you know, have a couple more kids and it, it's not fine. <laughs> like It's like quite crowded. And, and then you end up selling like before you really had a chance to build that equity. And like that can be really challenging, too. So, you know, buy enough house that it's going to be, you know, keeping you happy and comfortable for for a few years at least but I, I totally agree Corey we just don't want to make that line item in our budget so big that it's hard to do other things yeah. yeah if you're trying to decide between the three and the four bedroom home and the four bedroom isn't that much more expensive go with the four bedroom like mm-hmm. you'll you'll like the extra space Absolutely. <laughs> like we went from a two bedroom condo to a four bedroom house and I don't know how but like we filled the whole thing up like the rooms with closets and like wow, we have way too much stuff um, so it uh, you'll find a way to fill the space and having that extra space as the family grows if that's in the cards for you will definitely be uh, desirable so absolutely thank you all for listening I hope this gave you a little bit of clarity as you try to make your own decisions I know it's it's rough out there with people trying to buy homes and we feel ya a couple years ago like I was in one of those really competitive housing markets where it seemed like every house was just getting snatched up from under you but you know take your time find the house that's right for you and hopefully you can stay there for a while yeah Thanks for listening. Thanks for the reviews, the the five, six, seven star ratings. Appreciate the love. And uh, yeah, definitely helps us get noticed. And uh, um, yeah, look forward to talking with you next time. You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Inc., a registered broker dealer, member FINRA SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff.